welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about The Protector Season 2, Episode 2. And uh, we're going to learn all about the plague today. So that's exciting, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm not drinking any tea at the moment because I've decided that I'm going to be an epic fail on the title of this podcast. But I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Sophia and Eski. So hopefully one of them is drinking tea. <laughs> not I. Not me either. <laughs> okay, great. So we're just going to be spilling the tea today rather than drinking it. That's right. That's right. That's what That's, we meant this whole time. That was the intention, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Start. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, so Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode. Of course. So this episode starts with Pirage and this hipster protector, I mean, immortal, whose name I have never remembered or known. I think you can um, just call him creepy. And Okan, <laughs> I've, said, I've said this before. I know, Okan. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just doesn't stick with me. <laughs> and so they, they kill some guy and then they're in this lab. And they have this bug that we saw in the previous episode and they like look through all these vials and have a Mac computer through which they're doing something to this bug. Then we go to the cistern and we see everyone convened, all the loyal ones convened, having a conversation about what to do next. And through the conversation, it basically comes up that Zainab basically had Dedia under some kind of duress uh, when she killed her. And she basically admits somewhat reluctantly that she actually killed her, which the other loyal ones are not as okay with. Um, as we had discussed the previous episode, it's kind of controversial that she killed her. I don't know if we're going to go deeper into that, but we have that revelation. Then Layla arrives and Hakan obviously shifts his attention immediately towards her and he like has noticed that she's different. She hasn't been answering his calls. But like she she clearly, or at least in my interpretation, has the intention of telling him what's going on. But basically he just like talks all over her and doesn't allow her to reveal what's going on. That's again my interpretation. We can discuss that later. And then while they're having this conversation, the attention shifts because we see a story on the news about how there was a, a crime in the Natural History Museum and there's a missing bug and someone was killed, which sounds very suspicious to everyone, well, to all the loyal ones, because it's something very particular to steal. It's not something that you would steal for its value. So clearly the person who stole it had an intention and... Obviously, they connected immediately to the immortals. So Hakan, as always, does not want to stay sitting down. So he wants to go and investigate. But as we know from the previous episode, the whole city is looking for him, which he doesn't really care about. So he goes and he wants to go with Layla and Zainab. But God, I'm blanking on her name. I think Azra uh, says, you know, take John as well, because you need to take some muscle, basically. 
then we go to Faisal and Ruya who are having kind of an idyllic love affair in this very idyllic country house that we have been seeing them in. And he's clear, like Faisal is like basically in a dream, but Ruya is kind of bringing him back down to earth, asking when they're going to meet with the other immortals um, and when they're going to like kind of figure out their mission. Like she very clearly has a vision that, you know, their mission is very important and they need to accomplish that. Whereas Faisal is just like enjoying the moment. I just want to uh, use this opportunity to point out the unintended irony in what Sophia just said, because Ria means dream, literally. Oh. And she's very realist in her approach to things. <laughs> <laughs> so after we shift to Hakan and company, so Leila, Zainab, and John arriving at the museum. And they meet with Zainab's friend who works at the museum and who's kind of also sort of has a crush on her, I guess, because he says he misses her a lot. And she's like, yeah, me too. But like, not really. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of shows them the exhibit from where the bug was stolen and says, you know, I don't have much information except that it's something to do with famine and that... Basically, there's some entomologist who wrote an article in some journal about the bug, but he doesn't have more information. The guards at the entrance kind of had recognized Hakan, so they call the police. Layla, in the midst of this, gets kind of lost. Um, she's getting mind-controlled in the, in the museum, so she gets lost, uh, while Zainab and Hakan have to run away. So they, they have to hide in a dumpster, and they have this conversation which is, again, the classical Hakan Zainab conversation about, like, oh, so who is he? Is he more than a friend? Blah. And then Zainab's like, why are you asking me about this, especially in this moment when we're being chased by the police? And then, like, the topic shifts to Layla, and Zainab says she doesn't trust Layla. And, of course, we know that he kind of shouldn't trust Layla, not because she's a bad person, but because she's definitely very mind-controlled by by Faisal and in one of the in the scene where she was in the cistern she actually had the chance to steal the the dagger one and two when she touched the gem it turned green so now we know that like if Hakan were to bring that jewel close to her he would know that she's also an immortal which I don't know if she sees that as a threat or kind of like something I don't know but I I'm sure that's going to come back to haunt her at some point So then we go to the cistern and everyone's kind of investigating based on the information that they got from Zainab's friend at the museum. But like, they're not getting any information. There's kind of like some comic relief but not really like they see John and and Jaylan are are kind of laughing at um, kind of the tension between Zainab and Hakan, which I guess they're trying to build up more and more but i i guess we probably still don't won't buy it as much because they don't really have a lot of chemistry and so then uh, we have Layla meeting faisal at the shipyards because he mind controlled her and he basically tells her that she's now one of the immortals that she's going to lead the rest of the immortals to hakan and Layla also expresses her kind of desperation over the situation where she's kind of torn in the middle uh, between being kind of an, a pawn of Faisal's and like the person that she really cares about who's Hakan. And she says she'd rather be dead 
but unfortunately for her, I don't think she's going to be dead for a bit. So then <laughs> Hakan and, and uh, John head to the university to meet this entomologist who coincidentally works at the same university as, as Zainab. And uh, Hakan also calls Layla and tells her to meet them there at the university. So Zainab has, was already there. She's kind of back at her place of work. And someone, again, for a plot reasons person, um, arrives on the scene <laughs> and says they have this <laughs> fellowship in London at this university that Zainab is obsessed with and that they're looking to, to get a fellow and they could recommend Zainab if she would want to be recommended. And Zainab kind of says, like, you know, I have these people that depend on me. I don't think they deserve me, but I need to be around to help them. <laughs> yeah, it is very classic. So she she basically is left with this information. And in the middle of that, we go to the immortals who have their own version of the cistern. Very different version, but still kind of a underground place. Where the they dungeon, have a meeting. I think we can call it. Oh, it's very God. well lit though you know mm. yeah well they have like the dead the the, the undead light shining around them that's true why, obviously but they yeah. look like those and Costco so candles I... sorry sorry we'll talk about it <laughs> <laughs> no and Faisal actually called this meeting because during his meeting with Layla he learned that the immortals are planning something big and he doesn't know about it. And he had been post- like postponing their meeting with, with like all of them because he was so happy and, and his, in love with Ruya. But now he sees that that actually was a disadvantage to him because now he's just like a random immortal rather than like the leader of all of the immortals. So he's super angry and he obviously, I guess in Faisal fashion, goes on to show his power. So he takes one of the immortals whose name was Jawahir. I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, he has a very douchey vest. Um, <laughs> Wait, and is that, that that's Curly's name? He I didn't know he had a name. Okay, I call him yeah. Curly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what it said in the subtitles, at least. Ah, okay. See. <laughs> So basically, Faisal chokes him. I don't know why he chose him because he's probably not the one behind the idea. It's Piraye for sure, I think, because she's doing everything. But I don't know. He just kills Jabai as a way to show everyone, like, I'm the alpha and you better keep me informed slash do what I say. Um, because Faisal actually wants to act more slowly than the rest of the immortals the rest of the immortals want to like strike quickly and show have a show of force and Faisal's like you know you have to be patient like this is not something that you can do from one day to the other he doesn't say it but I guess he implies kind of like I've been alive longer than all of you so clearly I'm the smartest one so you should kind of follow what I say so then everyone leaves from the immortals meeting and there's only Ruya and Mergan and Mergan is like Ruya, you need to talk some sense into Faisal. Like, we need to do something now. We can't just, like, wait forever. And Ruya says, I'm not going to take sides. You know, I've always been neutral. So I assume that's just kind of, like, setting the stage for all of the political conflict to come between the immortals. So then we go to Zainab. She's leaving the university. She's kind of, like, upset. And then she sees a bunch of cops coming in. 
and sees Hakan. So she realizes that Hawk, that they're coming after Hakan. So she goes in to warn him while Hakan and John t- talk to the entomologist who says that, who, who tells them the most important plot point of the episode, which is that the bug was the transmitter of the bubonic plague. So by reviving these this bug the immortals are trying to bring the bubonic plague back to the city so the episode ends with hakan getting captured by the cops and the bug in a jar moving one of its legs um very creepily so we know that it's alive (laughs) yeah Awesome. All right. So now we're going to move on to the banter portion of the episode and spill the tea that we're not drinking. Because <laughs> it's just for spilling. Right. Okay, first thing I'd like to say is why they have to put like a generic grasshopper wing rustling sound every time that bug is on screen. Like, do we not know what it is without the sound effect? <laughs> like, oh, what is that? Oh, my God. Oh, it's a bug. I heard it. Like, what? It's so annoying. <laughs> it's an insult to my I didn't notice that at all. Oh, man. You were buying into it. You I needed you it. it. I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> I was looking for a mosquito. I didn't see a mosquito. I saw, like, a fuzzy lump, you know? <laughs> what, I needed is bug, it a bug noises. What is it? To know if it was a bug. It was clearly a grasshopper from the start. <laughs> but, I don't know. I didn't notice the rustling. I have oh to my god, it. every time they showed it. It's like the, there's, a, oh, every time they uh, is possessed, there's like a, oh, I have a sound. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. annoying. Yeah. yeah. Like the devil sound. Yeah. It's, it's like that, but grasshoppers. It's gross and unnecessary. <laughs> and really, that's it. That's all I want to say for, you okay. know, for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Great. I have no other opinions. Bye, Eski. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to talk, talking to you both. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bunch of like random comments about some things that we had discussed in previous episodes. <laughs> For one, like Man Bun, who's Ojan. I'm going to try to remember his name, but the chances are I'm going to forget it again. Ojan doesn't have a Man Bun, even though we've referred to him previously as Man Bun. Wait, wait, who's Ojan? Okan, Okan sorry. Okan, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, are you calling Little Bird Ojan? Because it's just John. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting the Wait, names mixed before up. Before you go into your comment, I did want to say for our listeners who aren't familiar with Turkish, I feel like this is a tough name to keep reading in the subtitles because it looks like it would be said can, but actually the C is a J sound in <laughs> Turkish. So his name is John, like J O H N or J O N kind of pronunciation. So don't call him can. Call out. Yep. You could call him Little Bird, yeah. though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And. My other thing was that we we finally know, but don't entirely know, like, where or why Faisal was not at home when Ruya was killed. He's just, like, triumphantly bringing a bouquet of flowers <laughs> to her house, which was, to her, I mean, which was weird. That whole flashback to the house was very strange because, 
like I kind of sensed from the start that she wasn't going to be happy about it. Like I thought maybe she was going to think it was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess she just thought it was kind of like PTSD if there's such a thing. Like she was like, you should have burnt this house. Like this is where they killed me. Like why would you keep it as a temple to me? I mean, Which, I kind of got like over the course of the whole episode, it kind of made me feel like Ruya doesn't actually give a shit about Faisal. Like we didn't see a single ounce of emotion from her the whole time. And he was like puppy dog, like trying so hard and like obsessed. And she just wow. didn't give him anything. That is a crazy, not a crazy, but like very possible slash mind boggling thing. Cause mm-hmm. like his, his whole thing up to now has been like, I love this woman. She's the love of my life. Like, we were meant to be together and he's just trying to really in, like for one f- for once Faisal who's so like clear-headed and always doing measured actions like very manipulative like very controlling very controlled mm-hmm. and he's just like letting himself enjoy the moment and I mean that would make sense that would be a perfect way to kind of co-opt Faisal but then Megan and Bruya's conversation wouldn't have wouldn't make sense yeah, I mean, she she said, I trust him, which I feel like, yeah, she does trust him because he's in love with her and he won't do anything against yeah. her. But she didn't say that yep. she loved him or anything like that. She was just like, and she said I'm she not taking sides. Pick sides or play favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about your husband. True. Do you think, like, a Satanist priest married them? How do you think that happened? Like, <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it's probably just, like, something symbolic, right? Oh, there was definitely was blood drinking involved. <laughs> For sure. Ew. Although, Medigan does say, like, oh, let's just finish this mission so we can go home. Right. I Which, wanted to talk about that. I don't know what home is. Like, are they going to hell? Or, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what, like, what, what is are they home? aliens? Like, I don't know. That was a weird line. See, like, for, for me that line is the moment where like the okay so if in the first season watching the first season my impression was they are of this earth but mm-hmm. they're like you know we don't like it's a supernatural right. part of the earth that humans aren't generally exposed to but yeah but they've always like they're ancient they've always existed they're you know they've always been lurking um mm-hmm. they're they're earth beings but then yeah when he said that then it's like I mean, the whole rest of the series, I was leaning more toward, like, they're from another dimension or they're from another planet. And it's, right. uh, and honestly, it's never really explained. It's just kind of, like, more confusing things are thrown in. So I, I guess it's not really important, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the first season gave very strong, like, these are, you know, things Historic. in the dark that you didn't know about but mm-hmm. yeah but they exist whereas like yeah that line and then everything after suggests they appeared at some point when you know they weren't uh there to begin with so i don't yeah. know i don't know why they did that i think it's just a little bit of laziness honestly they could have developed the mythology more <laughs> yeah and then the other like weird immortals mythology thing that happened in this episode was ruya's nose r- bleeding like mm-hmm. yeah what is that? Is that like she something went wrong with the resurrection? Is that they only have a certain amount of time to complete the mission and they're like fucking it up? 
is she mortalish because she has feelings? I don't know. What's going on? Y'all are so much more thoughtful than the screenwriters. <laughs> I'll just say that. Why is her actually, nose bleeding? Actually, I don't. Re- I didn't remember that detail, so I don't. I have no spoilers or pseudo spoilers <laughs> for that. Yeah, it's weird. They better explain. I it. just think that, but like, I, I, I think that. For me, my first impression was it's probably something went wrong with the resurrection. Like, mm-hmm. like much like Layla has a an like a bit of mortalness to her. Like probably this like Ruya does too or something. Because like they meant like beforehand, we know that love can affect some of the magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's weird because they were together for such a long time before anyway. So they should have seen an effect before. So I don't know what, yeah. what it could be. My other thought that, was maybe it's like there has to be seven immortals and having eight was a problem. And that's why, like, because Layla was created. So that's why Faisal had to kill Ugly Dude to make take it back down sense. to seven. Ugly mm. Dude. <laughs> Didn't Layla no. call him ugly? Yeah. Yes, she yeah. did. She so. did call him ugly. Not by judgment. But that was very weird. I didn't understand why she called him ugly. It was bizarre. It was kind of... And she's standing next to Faisal. Like, come on. Yeah, I think it was something with the subtitles, probably. Because, like, I don't know. Or the the screenwriters are just not great. That didn't didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't seem... um, So how did they translate what he said to her? Because what he said to her was, I love, like, mixed... People, yeah, but the way he said blood or something mixed blood yeah. okay so the word melez is also used for like mixed race it's the same thing so mm-hmm. he was saying in a very derogatory way i find mixed race people very attractive like mm-hmm. that's another way you could have understood what he said even though they translated as mixed blood which sounds a little bit more like human immortal hybrid mm-hmm. whereas yeah. there was a double entendre there a little bit in Turkish mm-hmm. and so she was like yeah and I hate ugly people like or I you know I'm a, <laughs> so he was like I love he was like I find mixed race people to be beautiful or I you know I love mixed race people and then she's like yeah well I find ugly people to be ugly I don't know I don't know it just seemed like kind of like a childish response which I guess it makes sense if it's really dumb comment but his comment was super dumb, so hers was not that, you know. I thought it was yeah. funny. I thought it was an appropriate level of dumb to what he said. <laughs> that's what he deserved. <laughs> I mean, we know that he's bound to die anyway, so. So did you guys catch that? Um, so yeah, you, Sammy mentioned that there's seven immortals to start with, and you guys caught that one wasn't with them in the dungeon. Oh right. no, so I didn't. There's one we ha- there, there's one we haven't seen. Oh. Wait, I was counting in my head, but clearly I did not count well. So actually and they asked Matt Matt again or someone asked I forget, one of the dudes asked where uh Vezid, which is like like Vizier, like advisor oh. to this like where yeah. where Vezid is and the other whoever he asked said like you know they're out <laughs> they're not you know with us not yet cast yeah exactly not yet cast is accurate <laughs> wait i'm i'm still very confused as to why he killed divide like why not like i'm sure that they're building up he, to he was Faisal and he was and about Pidae. to kill he was about to kill Leda and he was like no this is my pet 
Like, yeah, you, you all don't get to decide what happens Again, here. Sophia, this okay. is how leadership works. If someone challenges you, yeah. you strangle them to Stanley death in front of the other MBA. people. <laughs> this yes. is what I've learned yeah, about just, leadership. <laughs> just like Hakan in the last Apparently, episode. Hashtag business. <laughs> yeah, I guess I wasn't paying like enough attention, I guess, to, or I... I I don't know. My brain didn't work. You're not cutthroat uh, enough, literally. You need to be cutting some throats <laughs> like the immortal <laughs> But I don't know. I, I thought Fa- like part of the reason Faisal was so angry was because they were scheming and doing a bunch of shit without letting him know. But instead of like even having a conversation about that or trying to find out who's planning that, he just goes to like a stupid like a, a st- like it's basically like a toxic masculinity contest with that other idiot that he killed. So it's just like <laughs> it's true. I, mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't think we disagree with you there. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> yes, but I, but again, um, <laughs> something like I don't know. I, I it just doesn't make the most sense because like if Faisal were thinking cold bloodedly like he usually does, he would be more interested in knowing who's organizing this and what they're organizing rather than um let me just assert my authority next to this like gross slimy guy who's hitting on Layla and at the same time threatening her mm. but yeah maybe i'm i'm expecting too much logic from these characters honestly like, i've watched this show like this is my third time through now and i i still expect too much logic so it's you're not, you know, <laughs> it's very understandable <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, toxic masculinity from all the characters. Like, f- like randomly, Zainab and uh, Hakan are in that dumpster, and he's like, ooh, who's that guy who says he misses you? Uh, and it's like, I can't yeah, believe they're doing this again. Like, stupid, just, like, yeah. the 10th time. Like, just drop it. They're not fucking. Yeah. It's him and they die. Like, they did make it runners. seem like Metin and Zainab had a past relationship, which, judging by her type just doesn't seem possible like there's no way she slept with that nerd but they definitely <laughs> wanted us to think that she did and how about like this friend in the library who just absolutely didn't exist probably won't exist again but no. and, and like Zainab's <laughs> like dream says, school that we've never heard purposes. about yeah exactly that was right <laughs> on the money like Jesus Christ when she popped up I was so thrown I was like who this she's not a little one <laughs> Zainab does not have friends. She doesn't have the social skills for that. Whatsoever. I mean, it's exactly. amazing that the department is still going to recommend her for a prestigious fellowship, Anything. even though she's been yeah. missing for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, this is like another classic case <laughs> of a TV show. And her professor is dead. No one's yes. mentioned that her PhD advisor <laughs> also, is dead. Like, every True. single grad student that I've ever encountered in the history of my life has not had free time to like run a, you know, a superhero unit on the side of being a full-time Obviously. grad student or like be a good enough grad student on the side to get a fellowship recommendation so okay <laughs> true she's really smart true. guys right yeah i forgot about that <laughs> part <laughs> also um oh my god going back to what you said sammy about how or did you say this off mic about how my theory yeah, I did say this off mic, but I wanted to say that Sophia's theory is still going strong, and I'm very excited to talk about it. 
what the Byzantine thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like this, the plague, the the plague, the plague, <laughs> <laughs> the plague, the plague, oh, no, the plague, the plague. <laughs> That's what happens when I when I don't speak English it's, often. It's, it's, it's COVID. It happens, man. These days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, but to me, also the fact that a it's a grasshopper and b it's a plane is so Bible referency. Like oh yeah, it can't get more Bible reference than that. What's the grasshopper? Honestly, thing. Like one of the, the one of the plagues of Egypt. So the locusts. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah, the lo- locusts are, are a type of grass. Yeah. Uh, they ate everything. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel They're like a huge grasshopper. That's a Byzantine like slash Christianity slash like old and New Testament. I don't know. But it feels like yeah. a religious thing that they're gonna send down a plague upon Istanbul. Yeah. For sure. Legitimately. Yeah, I think maybe Sammy and I are like, like we really want to find explanations that are super like magnanimous for everything, but probably it's going to be like a much simpler explanation to everything than what we want. <laughs> I like our theories better though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going I'm not going to no comment on any of these musings. <laughs> I can't. If I say yeah. anything, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the plague oh my god the plague um, <laughs> what about the plague of malaria <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't work out this plague that one. from <laughs> this long dead insect is gonna work out much better right right also i think like in the in covid times it's so weird to like hear about plagues on tv because like, probably if we had watched this in non-COVID, it would have been like, ha, ah, that's a fun storyline. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, no, it's too <laughs> Now real. it's like, oh, fuck. Don't do it. Please don't do it. But you guys have to remember that, like, every single, at least crime drama that's ever existed has had at least one stressful, like, eco-terrorist about to release a virus sure. plotline. Oh. So it's always True. been like a a latent fear and it's just no longer latent it's manifest <laughs> now yeah <laughs> exactly now it's a thing yeah now we're living through it guys do we have more more banting to do or can i start ranting no no i have more banting i have more banting damn it i'm looking forward to the ranting though all right all right Same. um I wanted to shout out Zainab for slapping Hakan in the face. Oh, I know we shouldn't dope. be pro-violence, but I feel pro-violence. And also he deserved it because she's a hundred percent correct that Layla is fishy as fuck. <laughs> the fact yep, that yeah. she just keeps disappearing after she's been resurrected, has no home. Her boss is evil, has no <sighs> friends. Like she should be sticking with them. Where the fuck is she going? It's sketchy. And then Hakan yep. throws her like attraction to him in her face, and that was a real douche yep. move. Yeah, he is a Amen. douche. I also really want John and Jalon to become the new Arya and the Hound duo. I like that vibe. <laughs> yeah. I really would love for them to start hanging out more on screen because Jalon is the best. Yeah, but 
John is just like not an interesting character. He's just like so no. large. Not yet. so large. Like that's he's it. so that's he just... must be like twenty feet tall because Hakan is not a small man. He's like no. It's crazy. He's like a foot <laughs> taller than him. Do we think that uh, Hakan would have been as torn up about leaving Zeynep in the museum by herself with all the cops? No, no he would have just so fucking he run. Was... Right? He was so yeah. distraught about Zaydad, I was like, oh, homeboy would have dashed away. A hundred percent. But it's it's so dumb because, honestly, Layla was about to tell him. that. Honestly, that's that's my biggest anger in the moment. I think oh, rather yeah, than let her talk, yeah. he, like, mansplained to her, mm-hmm. like, how she was part of, like... <sighs> It just frustrated me so much because if he would have just let her talk, like probably the season would be ten episodes shorter. <laughs> or I don't know how yeah. long it You're is. You're so right. But like, oh, I feel like ugh, just like all of these toxic masculine tropes were reinforced in the episode. Yeah, you're you're so right. That was completely infuriating, and also, but I mean. Sure. Yes, that was infuriating. But also, Layla, like, what the fuck? Like, tell someone about your situation. Yeah. This is not something to but keep. She tried. Yourself. She tried, except this idiot wouldn't let her talk. Yeah. Fair enough. I also wanted to talk about the fake candles in the uh, dungeon where the immortals gathered. They were the Costco candles. Yeah, they were like the Costco candles that you can turn on with a remote. Like they weren't flickering at all. They were clearly you can fake. Turn them on with a remote. That's very fancy. Yeah, or time, or they can turn on at like you know seven p.m. every night or whatever. That's so useful for filming a TV show. I know. You can, like stand behind your camera. So. I'm sure that's what they had. <laughs> Guaranteed. Wow. But yeah, I feel like the immortals wouldn't really be concerned about smoke inhalation or starting a fire accidentally so they could have used real candles they could have yeah that's true yeah but it's a tv show they're not they're, real immortals they're budget budget conscious immortals they're like how like you know battery life versus the wick time wick burning <laughs> time they probably did a cost calculus there probably because sense. we know that the other ones are comfortable but faisal is rich I think we kind of yes. learned that. that I think like, that was use his money. <laughs> that was a really interesting conversation because they're like, "Oh, you're just enjoying your looks life," and we're like, "On like not living that well." And like, Ruya's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I know you guys are okay, well off. Like, over the course of a thousand years, I'm sure you could have amassed a good amount of capital." Yeah, for like, sure. Take some, take some Ottoman gold, and you're like set for forever. <laughs> any gold, any amount of gold. Yeah, I that just that pissed me. I don't know. I just hate Madigan. I've always hated Madigan. Like, hey, I kind of you've always hated him for like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, re, I I like Ruya. I feel like Ruya like will redeem herself, or I don't know. She she's being kind of set up to be like a good character. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm getting my hopes up, and that's not. I completely happen. disagree. I feel like Ruya is like such a blank disappointment of a character, and Mergen, I'm like, yeah, like let's go evil with it. Come on. Oh, but he's kind of like being an asshole. I don't know. He's just like 
moping around and like he, like his whole purpose is just to make Faisal and Ruya feel bad about themselves and their relationship. It's true. Which, like I don't I don't care. Like honestly, I don't know. I'm just he's just like there for the purpose of being a nag. Like he's not doing anything. He's not Piraya. Like Piraya is evil and like powerful and like cool in her mm-hmm. power. Yeah. And how confident she's about what she does and who she is. But like Madigan is just like there to like bitch. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I want all of the immortals, including Ruya, to be more like Piraya. Like Piraya is so yeah. one dimensional though. She's just pure evil. Yeah. Like there's nothing interesting there. True. And they don't talk Ria, about it. Ria's potentially conflicted because she's got, like, she does have affection for Faisal, but also clearly a very strong loyalty to whatever their mission is. From whatever. If she's conflicted, she all I'm getting from her is, like, blankness. <laughs> like, no, nothing. I'm not getting nothing no, from her. She's, she's doubted um, Faisal's ability, and she, yeah, she's doubted Faisal. She shows, like, a willingness to not be 100% loyal to yeah. her husband just because he's her husband. So, yeah, I agree with this. Just like, like I'm gonna slit everybody's throat and look at my hair. That's, all. <laughs> That's what I like about about her. Like she's not like clearly there's some character development to come her way, and she's not like like from from what Faisal had talked about his wife previously. Like he had built a certain expectation, at least in me, that she was just like this very obedient woman who was just gonna do whatever he wanted and like he he clearly overprotected her and clearly clearly like is very paternalistic towards her because even like Mergen comments on that and says you know she can protect yourself like you're acting like a human she's an immortal like she can protect herself and I think I think there's a lot of like at least to now Ruya hasn't been exactly what I expected and she I think she'll, she's not afraid to uh, go against Faisal. And more and more, she's going to be less afraid to go against him. I think. I hope. All right. Well, that's good. We'll, ma- we'll maintain that hope <laughs> going forward. So do we want to move on to the uh, Esgi rants section? Please, right now. Okay, Thank great. You. Okay. Today, we're going to ah. have our history section. I got you. Today, we're going to have our history section about the Black Death slash Bubonic Plague in Istanbul. And normally, we call this our history section, but Ezgi really wants to go on a rampage. So we're going to call it yeah. Ezgi's Rampage for today. Take it yes. away. Thank you. Yes, I will. I will rip this plague apart. So look, <laughs> guys. First of all, just a semantic um, clarification that I learned from Wikipedia today, I'll admit. The Black Black Death refers to specifically the second, what did they call it? The second plague epidemic that started in the 1300s and mostly devastated Western Europe. The first plague pandemic, so the first instance of any kind of pestilence, a major pestilence in, let's say, Eastern Europe, Middle East, and a little bit in Western Europe was in the 500s. So actually right after um, Hagia Sophia was built, so Hagia Sophia was built in 537, the Justinian Plague 
which is thought to be, or there's strong scientific, scientific evidence that it is um, a kind of bubonic plague this, caused by the same bacterium that, causes the, that caused the Black Death um, almost a thousand years later, came to Constantinople via Central Asia. Actually, still to this day, when you hear about random flare-ups of the bubonic plague, a lot of them happen in Western China or the stands because the certain kind of wild rodent called um, a marmot tends to carry uh, the vector, which is a flea. Rant point number one, a grasshopper <laughs> has literally never been a vector for Yersinia pestis, which is a bacterium, not a virus. They kept calling it a virus. Bullshit. Antibiotics <laughs> work against the bubonic plague. This is nonsense. Okay. So that's p- points number like one through three. Okay. That's really pretty much. That's really pretty much it. I mean, it's just so ludicrous that some kind of a locust could act as a vector here, and that it would be a vector for a virus. Like what? Ugh, so stupid. Anyway, so the the plague came to um, Istanbul and, and uh, Constantinople rather at that time um, in 541, ravaged the city constantly for the better part of a decade. So let's hope COVID isn't, you know, on a similar timeline here. Um, Of course, people had no idea what hit them. 20% of the population was killed. It spread around the Eastern Mediterranean, but didn't really make much of a dent in Western Europe because Western Europe was an absolute shit show at that point. It was like a lot of barbaric, you know, collectives of people rather than like really settled Um, cities and large cities with you know well-defined networks so it did not do as much damage as in the Middle East or in China I think China also got the brunt of this before it made its way over to Constantinople interestingly that period of time was also a a mini ice age because it's thought that a a few meteors hit the earth um, or, or the other theories that North American volcanoes exploded to such a degree that the, you know, the ash was blocking out the sun, even in other parts of the Northern hemisphere. So it was an unusually cold period, a few decades that overlapped with the plague. So people obviously thought it was the end times and were very freaked out by it. Justinian didn't give a shit. He kept trying to collect taxes for, for everything <laughs> um, because he built Hagia Sophia and it was expensive. So I thought that was a funny little, not funny, but funny now just because like LOL politicians are the same um, in all time periods. So I, I thought that was an interesting overlap there with the weather and the, and an ongoing, I guess, ongoing famine and then the plague on top of it. So then fast forward 800 years, you get the Black Death, which killed, uh, so the estimate, estimated number of deaths from the Justinian Plague was 25 to 100 million. Ouch, from, there weren't that many people back then, Jesus. Yeah, not in like Istanbul by itself, but yeah, around apparently. And then uh, the Black Death was 75 to 200 million people, oh. that's one third to one half of Europe's population. It took them until from, so to reach the population level in 1300, Europe had to wait till 1500 and reproduce up until the year 1500 to to reach those same levels of 200 years earlier. So really set back uh, everything. And plague incidentally, although the Black Death didn't wreak as much havoc 
in the Ottoman Empire slash Constantinople, Istanbul specifically. I guess it was still Constantinople then. It didn't wreak as much havoc in the Byzantine Empire and Constantinople um, in the 1300s as it did in Western Europe, but it did it did uh, stop by. That's how it got to Western Europe actually was via the port. Um, and then I wrote this down, this sentence down from Wikipedia. Plague remained a major event in Ottoman society until the second quarter of the 19th century. Between 1701 and 1750, there were 37 epidemics of the bubonic plague in Istanbul. Oh, shit. Between 1750 and 1800, there were another 31. So apparently this neighborhood epidemic thing is a thing. Like, you can really, you really can't have just malaria in the one neighborhood. Like, you can have 37 instances <laughs> oh my God, it of was the immortals. bubonic plague in 50 years. Yeah, so... They were busy. I didn't know that. I feel like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like... I would remember and want to talk about that if I were a historian of, of a city or empire, but I've never heard it until I did my research today. So yeah, definitely. Um, at least I can give the screenwriters some credit that plague was very much a part of the history of the city, not just Europe, but Istanbul in general. However, what the hell with the grasshopper? It's so easy to Google that. First of all, people always think of rats and fleas when they think of the bubonic plague slash mm-hmm. black death. So why the heck would you make a jump like that? IDK, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Esgi. We bow to your Wikipedia ranting skills. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so... That's it. <laughs> so no one is really bad. Thank you. Really, no. really, thank you. <laughs> My only comment is that were I to engineer a plague for Istanbul in modern times, I would make it something that lives on a cat because cats are yeah, freaking everywhere. like a flea. Right, exactly. Which is actually a vector. Come on, people. Right. Great point, Sammy. But would a flea look as creepy moving its leg in a glass? Right. And that's exactly what I thought was that, like, the grasshopper is so freaking large and, like, just elicits an ew reaction so immediately. Yeah. Like, a flea, they'd have to do, like, a special effect where they zoom into a jumping. Right, right. Whereas this thing just jumps because yeah. it's huge. <laughs> but also, yeah, people would notice if it was, like, in their apartment because it's huge. Right, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, I just was you wait until uh, th- this thing you know they show it in action it gets i have more rants baby just wait well we need to look into like our grasshoppers hermaphrodites like can it reproduce itself or is this like like a breeding situation where only half of them are gonna contain the vector like i don't know you're really thinking too deep into it oh my god (laughs) were there the last two specimens on earth well, yeah, we've only seen one, so I don't know. Um, no, right. I mean, I don't think they. I don't think they thought about that. No, we'll find out. <laughs> because if they did, then there would be no plot. Unless... <laughs> if they thought about anything, they would have no story. But also, like, I was wondering how they revived it because. I was thinking they could just like take some immortal blood and like squirt it all over the yeah. thing and it would come back to life. Yeah, but that's there's what no I, blood in sight. Have something to do with it? What? That what? Coding had something to do with it because that computer was there. <laughs> yeah, the Mac. They're <laughs> yeah. very they're very <laughs> on trend and they have a Mac. They implanted they're not a little immortals. microchip in its brain. 
and then they yeah. use that. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, but they had like, I think it was supposed to look like a chemistry set, but it really just looked like someone's Tupperware full of spices from their kitchen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so bad. That was pretty funny. They just, just like needed to bottles. show someone like, like resurrection kit. dripping a little blood on there. Maria has some to spare yeah. from her nosebleed. They're wasting <laughs> precious liquid. That blood could have been used to save a bunch of people. I know. Including Kemal. Oh, R.I.P. You really want like Kemal being like, you know, zombie Kemal? He no. would fucking tell someone and then he would take the dagger and he would stab the shit out of Faisal. No, I think yeah. he would kill himself. Probably. Or that. Or that. Yeah. I hope that that's what Layla was looking at the dagger for and not actually stealing it. I think she wanted to steal it for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> Now we're going to move on to the what the fuck section of the podcast. I have quite a few ready here, but I'd love to hear what you guys have. I mean, I my first to one talk. Is- my whole last section was what the fuck, so I think I'm good. <laughs> Eski is what the fuck grasshoppers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> For me, a the convers the stupid conversation in the dumpster. Yeah, um, was just highly, highly unnecessary. Yep. Hakan, like, pining after Layla and not letting her talk enough for her to tell him that she's going to basically kill him. Yep. Was also what the fuck. Also, him refusing to follow orders and just wanting to go about town and obviously eventually getting captured by the police because he's a fucking idiot. Like, wearing a cap <laughs> nope. is not going to hide your face come on like that's such a tv show device <laughs> but like it's getting old like we know that we can recognize someone when they're wearing a cap yeah i'm glad you brought that up because like i was actually really glad that he got arrested because i'm getting so tired of him being in the cistern like walking up the stairs and then someone being like no you can't go outside <laughs> so hopefully he gets like his name cleared that would be really useful for me no i think myself gonna manipulate the police and and like have access to him once oh yeah layla's the one that threw the police at him like obviously it's because faisal Mm -hmm. has a plan Mm -hmm. regarding the police you're right you're right he's gonna like pay his bail or some shit and then take him so my what the fuck let's see what the fuck, hakan for just like forgetting about layla until she walks into the cistern is like hey where have you been that's not cool. You reincarnated her. Takes the responsibility. What the fuck? All of the loyal ones because the dagger is just like chilling in a drawer in a desk and there's no lock on it or anything. And everyone knows where it is. Like, really? Is that the best place to keep that? The dagger and the jewel. Really bad. And then, oh, what the fuck? Layla's hair She's rocking, like, a Jessica Rabbit, like, swoop in front of her eyes, so she's got one eye and, like, no depth perception. That's probably why she's getting headaches. Oh, man, that should be the name of her. I don't know. That should be the name of our podcast somewhere, Jessica Rabbit. That's true. <laughs> so random. I love it. 
I mean, like, there were several scenes where she was, like, looking and, like, being distressed, but she could only have one eye visible. I don't know. I feel like that's probably part of her migraine problem. Yeah, I, I think they're doing that in order to show her, like, as an evil Layla versus... Oh, that's evil nice Layla, Layla face? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my last what the fuck is what the fuck John's jean vest, because who the fuck would wear that <laughs> right. shit? I have the same thought. I didn't even I didn't even like evolve it to the point of a what the fuck, but absolutely great point. It's outrageous and it's sleeveless. It's sleeveless. Wow. It's so ugly. And he's wearing the same outfit every day. All of the loyal ones yes. are just wearing the same outfit. Every they are day. not the hygienic ones. They never claim to be. <laughs> At least so. uh, Zainab has great style, though. I guess no one else got the memo. Nope. Everyone hates Zainab. She dishonored all of them somehow. That's true. Boo. <laughs> oh my god, I can't get over that. Like, clearly Zainab is the most qualified. Like, why don't they give her some credit? I'm really glad they got the Daria thing out in the open and it's not going to be, like, some big reveal later on that she killed Daria and, oh, no, we've got to exile her because I was a little worried about that. But it's also getting kind of old with Zainab threatening to leave all the time. Like, Agreed. Either, okay, if you if you decide you're going to stay, like, don't mope about everything. Just, like, deal with it or just leave. I think she just needs, like, a pat on the back from someone. <laughs> and then she'll be fine. She just needs to be acknowledged. I guess. Is that it? Did we do it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, great. So we are going to dedicate this episode to the plague and also to <laughs> Hakan's underwear, which we saw briefly during the chase scene in the in the university. And it looks like they're turquoise with pink elephants on them, although I could be wrong about the animal. I tried to pause and zoom in, but I couldn't quite figure it out. But anyway, dedicate to Hakan's undies. I hope we'll be seeing more of them. <laughs> Next I did time, not notice that. You should rewatch it. Next time, we'll be talking about season two, episode three of The Protector, and hopefully finding out more about what the fuck is going on. Thanks, everyone, for listening.